Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. It's finally legal to talk about Christmas. Yeah, Thanksgiving's over, so now you can actually talk about Christmas. Isn't it like illegal to talk about Christmas before Thanksgiving? Isn't that? No, it's not. Okay, all right. I thought it was. Uh, Pastor Andrew already mentioned we want you to invite people. We, we've always experienced this here at Passion, that people get saved at Christmas because we present the gospel in a clear fashion, so we want you to do that. Also, in your seat, if you weren't here last week, God's guarantee. We've done this for the last four or five years. We want you to continue to practice that. If you didn't get to sign up for that, we want you to do it. It's just simply stating that for the next 90 days, you're going to faithfully tithe and we believe that God will bless you. And if he doesn't, the church will give you all your money back, guaranteed. If you follow those things on that card, we will give back to you everything you've given because we know that God will come through. Amen? All right, three of you said amen. Y'all still here? Okay, all right. I'm out of practice a little bit. We're gonna see if I can still remember how to do this thing called preaching, right? Uh, it's been a minute, and but it's good to be back with you this morning, and I'm excited about getting to share the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning that your word is true that you've proven time and time again that you will honor your word. And I just pray that as we open your word today, that you will speak to us directly, that you will speak to us in a way that applies right to our situation in our life. As we do some self-check today to make sure that we're where you want us to be, I pray that we would hear your word, but we would do more than just hear your word. We would actually live by your word. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right. It was a day that um, that just happened recently. It rattled the entertainment uh, industry and probably many of you as fans. It was October the 28th, uh, 2023, just a little, almost a month now ago. Um, there was this guy that you are going to be familiar with when I say his name. His name is Matthew Perry. Some of you don't know that name, but you know this name. He was Chandler on friends, and just a, almost a month ago, they found him uh, at home, unresponsive in his hot tub, and he was pronounced dead at the at 4:17 uh, p.m. at the age of 54. Um, just a little over a year ago, on uh, November the 1st of 2022, uh, Matthew Perry released a book about his life and in that book he chronicled his ongoing battle with alcohol and drug addiction. In fact, he told us in his book that um, he had uh, been in rehab 15 different times in 15 different places. He'd spent right at $7 million trying to kick his habits and be, get sober and he'd even had a couple near-death experiences. His, uh, uh, his, I think it was his colon burst because of all the uh, alcohol in his system, and it almost killed him. Um, and in his book, I, 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 it caught me because um, Julie's been reading his book because she's working on her, uh, her degree that deals with alcohol and drug counseling. And I, I just picked it up and started flipping through it, and there were two statements that he made that kind of just leaped off the page at me. He says this. He said, uh, Julia, Julia Roberts is my girlfriend. Then he says, I just, brought my, I just bought my dream house. It looks across the whole city. I'm making a million dollars a week. Let that sink in. That, that's a different level, right? I can't, I can't even comprehend it. He was making a million dollars a week. Then he asked this question. I win, right? Then he says this. I had it all, but it was all a trick. Nothing was going to fix this. 
then listen to what he says. He says, maybe it was because I was always trying to fill a spiritual hole with a material thing. Uh, Matthew, by all accounts, uh, including my own, would, we would say that he was blessed. He, he had what we would uh, assert is the American dream. Think about everything he had. He had fame, he had acceptance, he has love, he has riches, he has property. He literally has the world by the tail. And yet, he comes face to face with the fact that you can have everything you've ever dreamed of and more and live what other, thinks, other people think is a blessed life. You can be rich beyond imagination and you can still die bankrupt. It, it, it forces us in our society, maybe not true overseas, where people are struggling to find food to eat and they're living in poverty all the time and they don't put all their attention on material things, but in our society and in our circumstances and in our way of living, it forces us to come to grips and answer the question that Jesus poses to us in Matthew chapter 8, verse 36, when he says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? Our determination of blessing, therefore, cannot be solely attached to or ascribed to the material. If you think that you're blessed just because you have a nice car, and that is the determination of whether or not you are blessed, what are you going to do when your car gets old or your car breaks down? If you are going to make the, the, the assessment that I'm blessed beyond measure because my house is nicer than everybody else's house that I know of, then, then what are you going to do when you can't pay the mortgage or something falls off of your house or your house gets hit by a tornado? All of a sudden, you're going to have to come to grips with that's not really the determination whether or not you're blessed. Yeah, so, so, so in a series where we focus about uh, being uh, beyond blessed, it's, it's essential that we focus our attention on finances. We've discovered, and we know this to be true, uh, money, money, money. That's what we want to focus our attention on when we're in a series like this. And it's not that Jesus didn't address money. Jesus did address money because he recognizes that it's important. But let me just remind you this morning that it's not the most important. Okay, uh, it, it is not the most valuable and important asset in life. In fact, we can be rich financially and still not be living beyond blessed. The, the goal of this series is to get you to beyond blessed. Not just blessed, beyond blessed. So, so uh, there must be then, if it's not all about finances, then there must be, there's got to be some, some additional elements or things that must be addressed that determine whether or not we are living beyond blessed. Because it's not just about asking for your W-2. We, we, we started to ask you to bring your W-2 so we'd know if you're beyond, and I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, it's going to be all over Facebook this afternoon. At Passion Church, they asked for your W-2, those bunch of heathens. We're not asking for that. But, but if it was only about the finances, we would ask you for your W-2 to prove that you're beyond blessed. But there's got to be some additional element. 
There's got to be something else that determines whether or not you're really living beyond blessed. And so the, as I was thinking about that and praying about that, the, the Lord took me to two passages of Scripture, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, both, both very familiar, and both that I've never really connected to this concept of living beyond blessed. I want to take you to there this morning. I want you to recognize uh, and just kind of give you a, a heads up that in the New Testament, the passage that I'm going to read to you, I myself have preached this passage, I don't know how many hundreds of times, talking about and addressing the concept of making excuses. And yes, the text does address the concept of making excuses. I've also preached this same passage to talk about uh, your, your level of desire and pursuing God. And yes, it's, it's, it's right to, um, to talk about that out of this text, but I think maybe the Lord has given me some insight that would help us to find the litmus test, if you will, to whether or not we can determine we're actually living beyond blessed. Are you ready? Ready to do a little Bible work this morning? Okay, I got one. Are you, I, I still think we're a talkback church. Come on, are you ready to do some Bible work this morning? Okay, just want to make sure. I know you're sleeping off your turkey this morning. Got a little AMSG running through your veins. Come on, wake up just a minute. Uh, uh, so, so here we go. Here we go. In Genesis chapter 2, just one verse of scripture there, verse 18. Uh, after, after God has uh, exhausted, not really, but, but has utilized his creative ability and he's He's uh, created all these different things. He walks into his creation and he looks at man and he said everything is good until he comes to this. And he says, it, it, it isn't good for man to be alone. I will make a companion for him, a helper suited to his needs. Then in the New Testament, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, this familiar passage of Scripture, this is what it says. Later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for another Jewish festival and in the city near the Sheep Gate, was a pool with five porches and its name in Hebrew was Bethesda. Many sick, listen, many sick, a lot, a whole bunch, uh, 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 a flock, I, <laughs> a, a massive amount of people. What do you call, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, many sick, uh, a pride, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Um, uh, uh, a crowd of sick people, lame and paralyzed people were lying close to the pool. And beside the pool was a man who had been sick for 38 years. Here's the part we preach about excuses. When Jesus saw the man and realized that he'd been crippled for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be healed? And the man answered, sir, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. When the water is stirred up, I try to get in, but someone else always gets there first. And Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Right then the man was healed and he picked up his mat and he started walking around. And the day on which this happened was a... Sabbath. Now, I went back and I began to read that account again. And for the first time, probably in a long time, I began to think about the environment of this account. Uh, if you uh, stop just a moment and think about the situation that this man is in when Jesus walks in, what you discover is that, uh, th that, that this man is not by himself. Scripture makes it plain. We, we said we're going to do a little play, uh, Bible work. Well, here, let's do some. The, the Scripture says he's not by himself. In fact, Scripture says it like this. It describes this environment as this. Uh, he was surrounded by everywhere you turned. I think Jesus had to go into the pool-like area like this, into the five porches, stepping over other individuals who were sick and lame and paralyzed. Everywhere you turned, sick folks, right? Am I... 
Am I just, we're just talking, am I just telling you the Bible? I'm not making stuff up. It says there are many sick lame, right? Okay, and, and, and so then what happens because we, uh, this man's value, his response when Jesus says, do you want to be well? Um, it gives us valuable and needed insight into what the environment of this place is like because it's all peace and calm when Jesus walks in. But let me just show you what happens. The Bible says that this, when Jesus says, do you want to be well? This man gives us insight into the environment. He said, when the water are troubled, someone beats me to the pool and they get healed first, right? So in other words, let's bring it into, let's, let's bring it in today's language, all right? In other words, when the waters begin to be troubled, which was an indication that an angel from the Lord had showed up and that now there was healing available and the first person that gets into the water gets healed, right? So now in today's language, you need to understand the environment changes, because now it's like Black Friday at Walmart on steroids. It's like there's a $43 TV, an 85-inch $43 TV at Walmart, and they only have one in stock on Friday after Thanksgiving. It, okay, you still don't get it. It's like a UFC WWE Royal Rumble Okay, you're starting to get it now. It's like, it's like UFC, WWE, Royal Rumble, and a 2022 street riot all wrapped up into one. Yeah, it's crazy. Right, right, right. I, I, I'm, talking, I'm talking about everyone begins to, to fight and to, they're trying to get, their, if, they, if they're paralyzed, can't walk, they're crawling to the water, they're using their crutches to trip one another, they're grabbing clothes, they're poking eyes. Come on now, only one gets healed. And they're fighting. I mean, I, I mean it's, like, it's like you're the third monkey on the ark and it's starting to rain kind of fight. Think about that. You'll get that this afternoon. It is like it's on, like Donkey Kong. I'm talking like it is an all-out brawl to get to the water. Am I right? That's what it is. This was the environment. We know this because this man's response was, I don't have any help and I'm trying to get in, but, but others beat me to it every time. When I reread that account, this is what stood out to me. Think about this. Somebody there was getting blessed. Somebody in that environment, when the waters were troubled, somebody's blindness was being healed. Somebody that had been paralyzed was now able to walk. Someone that could not, not talk from birth, all of a sudden, now they're able to communicate. Somebody that couldn't see, now they can see. Somebody that couldn't hear, they can now hear. Somebody was being blessed. But the truth is, is that the chaos and the commotion and the competition of that environment also reveals to me that there must be some other element needed for us to get to beyond blessed because somebody was being blessed, but we want to get to beyond blessed. It's not enough for us to come up in here every Sunday, every once in a while, and somebody to get blessed and call ourselves we're beyond blessed when only somebody's getting blessed. There's a different level of blessing where we're beyond blessed. That's what we're trying to get to. And so I want to make some points to you. I want you to understand that Jesus asked this man, do you want to be healed? And the man responds, listen to what he says. He says, I have no one to help me. Now, I want to remind you, this man was not by himself, right? Many sick, 
But let's get this right. He was alone. Oh, y'all ain't helping me none. He was not by himself, but he was alone. I have a question. You know, I like to ask you questions when I speak to you. I just need to ask you some questions this morning. I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to ask it to yourself. What if your healing is held up because you've not invested the time and energy necessary to develop and secure relationships that would help you to become whole? Job. What if your healing and your wholeness has not been found because you have not invested and secured the relationships necessary to bring you to wholeness? If you haven't figured out the American church environment is this, we come and worship one hour on Sunday together and then we never interact the rest of the week. And we're not by ourselves, but we're alone. Oh, I can't get no help up in here. Uh, some of us are paralyzed for years simply because we are relationally bankrupt. We find ourselves where David found himself when he said this, there was no man who cared for my soul. To live, I'm, I'm going to help you here, to live beyond blessed, we must build relationships now that will be crucial for us in the years to come to find healing. So, see, what we want to do is we want to we dismiss this man's response as an excuse, but we also must recognize the reality of his statement. He had, listen to this, he had no one who cared about his healing as much or more than they cared about getting their own healing, their own blessing, and their own answer. There was literally a fight to get theirs. I'm pulling you back so that I can get mine. How many of us have surrounded ourselves with people who are more about themselves, they care more about themselves than they care about us? Okay, okay. I want you to think for just a moment, I want you to think about the kind of people that must have been in that porch environment on that day. This man was surrounded by these people. They were sick like he was. They wanted theirs more than they wanted his for, for him. And so I need you to stop and think about the environment and you recognize that he was surrounded by selfish, self-centered, uh, stingy, self-serving people. And I want you to think about the results of that environment. What happens as a result is this. It produced isolation, which gave birth to prolonged paralysis. Got to ask you a question. I never asked this question before to myself or to you, but I'm asking it this morning. What if he had secured a relationship in year one with someone who cared more about his healing than they cared about their own? Oh, okay. Instead, he loses 38 years of his best life simply because everybody around him was more concerned about their own blessing more than they were concerned about getting a blessing to someone else. 
how many years, oh, here, it's going to get tied up in here. Y'all thought, y'all thought it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we'll get to take it easy. No, 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 y'all, y'all forgot who I am. I got to make it a little tough on me because I, I, I need to step on my own toes and yours too. How many years of your life has been lost because you haven't developed relationships that help you? Who, who's, who you got that's got you? Who will fight others to get you in first? Who you got that will pull you towards your miracle rather than pulling you away from your miracle? Who, who, who you got that will get you to your blessing when you can't get to it by yourself? I said it this way years ago. I asked you who your four were. Remember that? We talked about who, who's your four. Who the four people that are going to carry you to Jesus when you can't get there by yourself? Because if you, don't, if you haven't secured those relationships, then when Jesus shows up, you won't be able to get to him. you got to do some pre-work now. you got to find relationships now. You're going to need to secure relationships and establish relationships now that will get you to the place where you can get to Jesus when Jesus shows up. You, you might be here today and you'd say, you know what, Steve, here's the problem. I feel like that man, I, I, I have no help. i got good news for you this morning. And here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus can still help you when nobody else can. I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't have the ability to help you when nobody else can. I, 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 that's the good news this morning is that even if nobody else tries to get you to Jesus, if you want to get to Jesus, Jesus will come to you. He will help you. But let me just help you this morning. That does not dismiss us from the responsibility of securing relationships ahead of time that will help us get to him. I think sometimes we come to church and because we know Jesus wants to help us, we just dismiss all the other relationships around us thinking if I can just get to Jesus and then when we need somebody to help us, they're nowhere to be found like this man, no one there to help me because we didn't do any work. Ooh, okay. I need to remind you today that the alone issue that I read to you about in Genesis chapter 2, it's the, it's the issue that we all suffer with and we, and, and we deal with about being alone. Can I, can I just let you in on a little secret? Our alone issue started before our sin issue. Can't get no help. In Genesis chapter 2, before there was ever a fall, before any sin had taken place, before anybody had taken whatever kind of fruit that was from the tree. See, fruit will get you in trouble. You shouldn't even eat fruit. Uh, you should live like Steve. Don't eat fruit. Just take it in a peel form and you'll be done. Some of y'all understand. Some of you don't. But, but, but if you would just lay, lay off the fruit, it wouldn't get you into trouble. But whatever fruit they ate, I don't know what it was. All I know is before any of that took place, God evaluates the situation and he says, you know what? It's not good for man to be alone. This is what I've recognized in the church is, is this. We want, and, and rightfully so, don't, please don't, uh, I'm overstating to make a point. It's like we spend all of our time, all of our attention and all of our effort trying to deal with our sin issue, which we should, but we won't ever acknowledge, admit or deal with our alone issue. And because we are alone, this is what happens. We lay in a place of brokenness year after year when our solution for our brokenness is probably going to be found in relationship. Here it is. It's already on the screen for you. But I want you to know it. I'm going to state it clearly. You are never going to get to beyond blessed alone. Never going to happen because it's not good for man to be alone. You can never graduate. You can never experience beyond blessed living. You can be as rich 
You could be the richest person in the room. You can be the richest person on your block. You can be the most materially blessed person in the city. You can make Forbes 500. You can be a billionaire. You can make a million dollars a week and be bankrupt if you're alone. This man's physical brokenness was an outward manifestation of relational brokenness. My question to you this morning is, what is the manifestation of your relational brokenness? Because we all have them. Maybe it's depression. It's just an outward sign of what's going on inwardly. Maybe it's anger. Maybe you're mad at everybody because you feel so alone. Maybe it's an addiction because you don't feel like you can have anybody you can rely on. I, I, what is it? What is the outward expression of your inward brokenness relationally? You can be blessed financially and, be, be, and not be beyond blessed if you're bankrupt relationally. The second thing I want to point out to you this morning is simply this, and that is, is that you don't get to be unblessed by battling. Let me, let, let me help you. This is how I know we think. I know we think like this. Too many of us think if they get theirs, then I can't get mine. So we compete instead of complimenting or cooperating. We treat blessings like a competition. And what that does, okay, maybe not in all the world, but I'm telling you in American Christianity, we treat blessings like a competition. And what that does is it reveals, I'm helping, I hope I'm helping you, I'm trying to help me. It reveals a scarcity mindset and a lie from the enemy that we've bought. Okay. Because this is how it works. We'll say this. Come on, quote it with me, Bible people. God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. Okay, you know it. His grace is sufficient. Just in Bible. By his stripes. Okay. But we act like we know to quote all that, but we act like and behave like there's a limited supply. And if you get yours, I'll never be able to get, ooh, that went right back there and hit me before I ever said it out loud. But if you get yours, if you get the car you've been praying about, if you get the financial breakthrough you've been praying about, if you get, if you get the uh, physical healing you've been praying about, then there's a limited supply and it must be like this. We've got to, op this is how we treat this thing. I'm just telling you, I know this to be true. This is how we treat it. It must be first come, first served. And there's a limited supply. And so we battle for blessings. And therefore, we never graduate to beyond blessed. We must come to an understanding and behave with an understanding that our God has enough to bless somebody else and still bless us. 
I'm going to say it one more time because we got to get this part right. If we don't get this part right, we can preach about finances till we're blue in the face. We're never going to, we might be blessed, but we will never become beyond blessed. I want to tell you one more time, you need to come to an understanding. I must come to an understanding that God can bless everybody in the room and give them every request of their heart and take them to levels that I can only imagine and dream about. And even when he does all that, his supply will never be exhausted. His supply is never limited. He's never one and done. He's got more than enough to bless me as well. And here's why that's important. Because if we don't have that understanding, then what we're going to do is we're going to show up at Passion Church and we're going to try to be first instead of trying to show up here as a friend. If, if, if we want to move beyond blessed, then I must recognize, listen to me, I must recognize God's sufficiency and then I must also recognize that I have a part in making that sufficiency available to others. You missed it. Okay, I asked you a question earlier about you. Let me just ask one more question this morning that might hurt a little bit, but I have to ask it because I had to ask myself, how many people around you have lost years of their life? Because you haven't graduated to beyond blessed level understanding that you are called to help them get blessed because we want to show up at church and go I've spent the last 38 years begging God for this and asking God for this and praying for God for this and I need to get mine and I need to get God I need a blessing and I need you to do this 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 and this and we forget that there are people all around us that need somebody to help them get to their blessing and their blessing could potentially be wrapped up in our understanding that we have a part to play in bringing God's sufficiency to them you cannot move to beyond blessed until you move beyond beating someone else to blessing and living in the knowledge that God will do for me what I make happen for others. How many of us are more concerned about being first than we are about being friends. Beyond blessed means I learn to pull others into blessings. It's taking the position of the four friends who carried their broken friend to Jesus. I, I, I have to ask the question, did they not have any needs? We don't know from scripture, but I would, I would, I would suggest to you that most likely in the lives of those four individuals that carried their friend to Jesus, they probably had needs too. But on that day, they graduated to beyond blessed living where they said, you know what? Our friend needs to be blessed more than we do. It's the lesson that Elijah teaches us when he encounters this widow who's about to use the last bit of her oil and her flour to make a piece of bread for her and her son to eat so that they can eat and die. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 17. I don't have time, have time to read it, but I want to remind you what Elijah teaches us. He says, make that loaf of bread for me first. You say, well, you've been talking about not being first. Hang on. Then he says, you can make some for you and your son. And here's the promise. Your oil won't dry up. You'll never run out of oil. If she had, oper listen, if she had operated like the people at the pool at Bethesda, she would have made her and her son some bread to eat. And they would have starved to death. But because she got, here it is, Pastor John's talked about it. Because she got the order right. Pastor John talked about getting our financial order right, but there's some other orders we got to get right too. Well, this one's about relationship. She got the relationship right. 
And because she did, she graduates to a beyond blessed living. I just want to help you this morning. Beyond blessed doesn't mean you're going to get more. We've perverted that in the American church. That's not what happens. When you, you get beyond blessed, when what you have goes further than you ever thought possible. Okay, okay. <laughs> the woman's response of obedience, this is what it does. It produces a relationship. We're talking about relationships. It produces a relationship with Elijah that sustains her and it goes, that relationship goes far beyond her financial needs. Are, do I have any Bible folks in the room that know what happens? Because there, there came this day in her life when financial blessing couldn't fix her problems. Yeah. It, when her son dies, can I help you? It wasn't the oil and the flour that helped her. It, it was the relationship that she had established with, with someone who was able to bring this woman back to a beyond blessed living by bringing her son back to life. Let me just help you. All the flour, all the oil, all the houses, all the acclaim cannot substitute for her son coming back to life. That was produced because she got the order of relationship right where she put somebody else first. And I'm wrapping up right here and just I'm telling you right now that beyond blessed is found when we're willing to give up mine so that you can get yours. The water is troubled, so let me help you get in. I'm calling you to something this morning. Beyond blessed is when we are willing to pray more about the person's need next to us than we're praying about our own. How selfish is your prayer life? How selfish is your prayer life? How selfish are your requests? Is it all about you and yours? Ooh, I'm preaching. I didn't, y'all ain't never gonna let me come back. Uh, beyond blessed is when, when I will go without. There's a concept. I will go without. I got stuff I want. Just me? I'm the only one in the room who's got stuff I want. But when I graduate to beyond living, beyond a blessed living, I will go without to make sure that you have enough. I don't know what that sounds like to you, but that sounds like to me New Testament church. Come on, Bible folks, let's work a little bit. Go into Acts and the, and, and the writer says they sold everything they had, put it in a common pot, and they blessed those in need. They went without, okay. Beyond blessed, blessed living is when we find ourselves surrounded by folks who will refuse to battle for their own blessing and instead they battle for someone else to be blessed. I am beyond blessed when I find myself surrounded by folks who want my blessing more for me than they want the miracle for themselves. I will know I have graduated to a beyond blessed level when I give up my miracle if I can get you to yours. Let me just help you. We will know that we are at beyond blessed because competition and jealousy will die in that environment. So I'm going to ask you one last question and it's going to hurt. Are you ready for it? It's going to hurt. Play so it sounds spiritual when I ask it. Maybe to soften it a little bit because when I had to ask myself, it hurt. Okay, you'll be able to handle it now. 
Here it is. Are you ready? Does our church look like the pool of Bethesda before Jesus arrived? Do I conduct myself like the people did at the pool when I show up at church? Is the only need on my mind this morning when I pull into Passion Church is my own? Or am I consumed with the fact that I know three, pe- three rows up and three seats over, the Holy Spirit informed me that there's a, there's a person sitting up there that's in dire need and they feel all alone and my own needs don't seem important anymore. And I'm moved hey, to respond. Me, Pat. I want us to become a place. I want us to become a people. I want to become a person. that makes it impossible for anybody to ever say, I had nobody to help me get to Jesus. If we're gonna fight, let's be the ones that fight to pull others into the water when the waters are troubled. Last thing I'll say to you this morning is simply this. Some of you in this room may have experienced this. They say that being financially bankrupt impacts your life for seven years. It takes seven years to get over it. But I want you to hear me this morning. If you're relationally bankrupt, it will destroy the rest of your life. You cannot graduate to beyond blessed living alone. You will graduate. You will know you've graduated when you quit battling for yours and start battling for the people around you to get to Jesus. Father, I pray this morning that you'd help us. We need your help. This is not an easy word. This is not an easy word for me. This is not an easy word for those under the sound of my voice. This is not an easy word for a church. We need your help. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Steve, I walked into this place. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.